This is the GGC Life Podcast. Hey, uh, Timmy, can you come up? Tim had a, um, he had a word he wants to share, and it was connected to this word. So I thought I want you to release it and pray over us. Hey, everyone. How are you all? Welcome. Happy Sunday. I was just standing up the front here, and I felt like the Lord was saying that, um, he was saying that we're looking for around us what's inside us. Where's the kingdom of God? It's within hand. It's, it's, it's within our reach. It's within our touch. It's inside us. And I felt like the Lord was saying to shift our focus, shift how we're seeking God, to not seek for what's around us, but to seek the kingdom from within us. Yeah. And I shared that with Sal, and he said, did you read my message? <laughs> so I'm just going to pray for you guys. Jesus, I just thank you that you speak. And um, Lord, when you speak, you want to do something. And when you start something, you finish it. So Lord, I thank you that this is a word from you and you've spoken it. And I ask that you come powerfully and touch every single heart in this room, including mine, and just help us to live this out, the grace to live out, seeking your kingdom within, and just understand the fullness of authority of who you are in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Timmy. More of that, bro. So, hey, everyone. How you doing? I've been on holidays for a month, my wife and I, and then we're at Blacktown for our mission meeting, Wild. So a lot of people were new. Had someone ask me last week, hey, first time on Sunday? Said, well, first time in this month, yes, you know, but um, I am being here a long time. <laughs> but, uh, and it's cool. So for those who don't know me, I'm, this word that God has put on my heart, it's not a passionate word. It's a fiery Holy Spirit-breathed word for us. Okay, so as much as people have been asking me, are you ready to preach? It's more like, are we ready to not just receive, but to change how we live in the future? Yeah? Cool. So we're in a series called The Kingdom. Ever say The Kingdom? Have you ever asked yourself, why do the preachers make us repeat? Have you ever thought that? Like I was listening to Liam, I'm like, dude, why are you getting me to repeat? We don't know. It's just something that started. We're Italian. We love tradition. We don't know why we do it. We just do it. So just continue the journey with us, okay? So say the kingdom. It's so obedient. Look at this, hey? You should take this home. My kids don't even do that. Anyway, um, and so last week we looked at being, um, you know, builders and not destroyers as a, as a unified body, building one another up, right? And so today I believe that this word is to shake us up for us to go and expand the kingdom. You see, what they did in the Philippines is not just for a Philippines mission trip. By this Bible, what it says, God said is for each and every one of us to do. Not to fly to the Philippines, but to expand the kingdom of God. Okay, That's on all of us. Uh, Luke 17, what Tim just said. Jesus says, the kingdom of God does not come Um, with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is in you. Think about it for a moment. The kingdom of heaven, when Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, it is now in you and it must, say must. I'm going to get you to repeat me a lot so you catch this, right? You've got to catch this. It must come through you. Because there's no point keeping the kingdom in you if it doesn't come out of you. If it doesn't come out of me, Lord, take me to heaven. It must come through me because God has got you here. 
It's a shaking up, waking up kind of a message this morning. If it's in us, it must come through us. Um, while I was preparing, there's, uh, the Lord gave me these three. These are my, this isn't my message, but this is a prophetic word, I believe, from God to us today. Okay, So I believe God wants to say this, that he, it is time to, it's time to be believers will be in a Matthew 5, 14 people. The bride will be a Matthew 25 bride, and the church will be an Acts 1-8 church. Let me say it again. Light shining believers. This is what we're walking in, okay? We're now to be light shining believers. A prepared bride and a spirit-filled church. Go with me to Matthew 5-14 if you're taking notes. You. Everybody say me. Jesus says you, not the person next to you, but you and the person next to you. You are the light of the world. Okay, you know when Jesus said, I am the light, it's the exact same word that is used in this passage. He said, I am the light. He says, you are that same light because he lives inside you. A town built on a city cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, hear it for the first time again. Let your light shine. Shine. Why? So they may see your good deeds and then they, who's they? Those outside of the light, they will glorify your Father in heaven. When you shine with your good deeds, those around you cannot but glorify God. And I'm a witness to this myself. Light is one of God's weapon of spreading the gospel. It doesn't happen in this building. Can I just say, you can't shine here. You're too bright with all the other light people, okay? It's the most, in it. we weren't meant to shine in the light, all right? We're meant to shine in the darkness. Guess what happens in almost eight weeks? I wish I had the sound guys ready. All I want for Christmas is Jesus. <laughs> Christmas! I have the permission, writing, or it's a verbal agreement that I'm going to now present to the church that as I leave this building and as I go home, I have the permission to put my Christmas tree up, blast the Christmas music as long as I want and have the lights out, all right? My wife hates me for this, right? But I love Christmas lights, okay? I love the house glowing. There's something about lights. It's pretty. You go to Sydney and you see the city lights and you're like, wow. And I'm like, dude, it's just a light, right, in a building. How does it say, wow? But have you ever seen Christmas lights during the day? Boring, ineffective, pointless. Have you ever seen it as the sun starts to settle? Boring, ineffective, pointless. Have you ever seen them in the darkest dead of night? Whoa, those little bulbs, they shine so bright. You and I, our little bulbs, this little light, I know it's theologically incorrect because God is not little, but the little light that you have because He is the light, the light you have shines bold in the dark place. The issue is that we plugged our lights into the light source. You can walk past a house with Christmas tree lights, Christmas lights, but if they're not plugged in, they're pointless. John 15, be connected to the vine if we want to be light shining believers. My second, light, my second word for, the, for us is be a prepared bride, Matthew 25. The 10 virgins, five of them ready to meet in, in the middle of the night. Five have no oil. Five have more than enough. 
and the bridegroom comes, their lights off, what do they have? More than enough, prepared, ready to go. We're not just prepared for his return, we're prepared for his work now. Ready to go at any point in time. He says, Ethan, speak. Ethan, do this. Jess, go. Ready. The oil represents the anointing, the Holy Spirit. The lamp represents the light bearer that you and I are called to be. And the third thing is this, a spirit-filled church. A spirit-filled church with the power of God to be his witnesses. Witnesses. You're not filled for ourselves. We're not filled with fear. We're not filled with anxiety. We're not filled with worry. We're not filled with doubt. We're filled with the faith of Holy Spirit in us. And if you're in this building and you have any of those things, after this message, we're going to come in for a baptism, a refilling of the Holy Spirit, to get done and dusted with these things that holds us back so we can be witnesses. Amen? Whoo! Everybody say, whoo! <laughs> Why did you do that? This morning, I want to look at our involvement in advancing the kingdom. Get off the edge of your seats real quick. On the edge of your seats real quick. On the edge of your seats, go. You're ready for takeoff in this position. You're not comfortable anymore. In the moment, I say, Leo, get up. Quick. Just try, get up. He's up. Fawn, get up. He's up. She's up. Tim, get up. Edge of your seat. You're on a mission field. And we've got to get no more comfortable recliner chairs, but on positioned, ready to go at a moment's notice to get up. We're going to look at three scriptures. We're going to look at three different scenarios where we see that don't get settled back into your seats. I never said to do that. Three encounters that we see in Scripture that never took place in the building, never took place in the house of God, and never took place in the temple. It took place on the destination and on the journey and on the road where, where Jesus and others were called to go. See, most of the stuff that God wants, all of the stuff that God wants us to do doesn't happen within these four walls. It happens on the road, on the journey to where you're going. But you can't go... You can't have a ministry Monday without a Holy Spirit Sunday. We come in here, get full of faith so we can go out and bring what we have. That's why Sunday's important. I missed four Sundays, but I didn't stop it from letting me get full, right? You get what I'm saying, right? This, this is causes us to go out in there. So make sure we have our holy huddles so we can go be mission focused on a Monday, yeah? So here we go, on the road. All right, cool. First one, on the road to Galilee, the Samaritan woman, John 4, 1 to 10. I said, Lord, please don't let me yell all morning. (laughs) Jesus, okay, one. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard uh, Jesus baptizing and making more disciples than John. That Jesus himself didn't baptize them, but uh, his disciples did. So he left Judea to Galilee. He'd gone through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near uh, the parcel of the ground that Jacob gave to his son, the world. Jacob's world was there. And Jesus, tired from a long journey, sat weary beside the world. Who's ever been tired and weary on the, on the journey? Okay. Jesus is tired and weary, Okay. And he's tired in weariness. He's all alone because his disciple went to get food. 
A woman was surprised. Oh, sorry. Uh, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said, please give me a drink. I'm thirsty. You've got a bucket. Please, can I have a drink of water? Very normal, right? And what does she say? If, uh, she said, uh, she, she said um, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus could have gotten ticked off and gone, come on. You've got a bucket. The water's there. Just give me a drink. All right. Do you know who I am? I could call Legion over. <laughs> this is what he says. If only you knew the gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me and I would give you living water. See, tiredness and weariness is never an excuse to be switched on what the Holy Spirit wants to do because there are lost and broken people in our world who need that living water. So biblical history, understanding about this chapter, you've got to understand Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. Okay, so in 926 BC, roughly around there, um, the tribes of Israel actually split, right? So after Solomon died, King Roboam came in, not a nice guy. The 10 tribes went, eh, don't like you, we're revolting, we're going up north, okay? We're going to take the north. And Judah and another tribe stayed down south, okay? So we're, there's a split going on, okay? The north of Israel, um, the north was called Israel, so if you ever read Old Testament and it says Israel and Judah. That's the north, 10 tribes. The other two tribes, Judah. Okay. So what happens is this. The north get taken, uh, Samaria is the capital of Judah at this point. Okay. Uh, sorry, of Israel. So they're the capital and um, Jerusalem is the capital of Judah. Yep. What happens is this. Is uh, the north, the kingdom, Samaria gets overtaken by um, the Assyrian army. And then the Jewish people intermix with the Assyrians, the enemies, all right? And now they're tainted race. So the Jews down south are like, you guys didn't follow God. We stuck to our truth. We hate you. Mortal enemies don't like each other. The, 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 the route to where Jesus was going was the direct route, was Samaria. Every other Jewish person always went the longer way. Jesus went straight through. You can see what Jesus is doing here, right? He's going, I'm going through this village because it's the shortest way. I don't care who's in my way. I'm going there. And he encounters this woman, okay? So Jesus meets a woman, Samaritan, mixed race, um, living in sin in a public place. No respectable Jewish person would speak to her, yet Jesus reaches out. You know, reaching the lost won't always fit our perfect little box, it won't look like the way it will look like. It's going to look messy. It's going to look like broken people. It's going to look like people who are neglected like the Samaritan woman who are kicked out and ostracized. And they come into your world. And you've got an opportunity now to bring living water on the road. But it looks messy. Tattooed. Well, not me, but others. <laughs> Drunk. Abusive broken, in sin, what does Jesus do? Reaches out in love. And that's our cause to reach these kind of people. But it happened like this, right? It says, uh, and then he, he, he starts to bring, he, he, he starts to um, continue. And the woman says, I know the Messiah. And Jesus says, I'm the one speaking to you. I am he. And then she leaving the water jar, the woman went back to town and said to, my pe- said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? A conversation about water 
became a harvest for the disciples because next time the disciples come in, Jesus, we got food. Jesus goes, hey, leave the food aside. There's a harvest coming. There's a, what are you talking about? Where's the harvest? And back then the harvest took four months. Okay, four months until you sow a seed. Four months later, then you almost it could be ready to harvest. And Jesus goes, you say it takes four months. Have a look. See all those people coming? The harvest is now. And the, Jew, the, the, the disciples would have went, no, not them. I don't like them. And Jesus is pointing to some of you in your this room right now going, you know that family member you don't like? You know the boss who hates you? You know the person you can't? I've been working in them. They're ready for harvest. The seed's been planted. Now go harvest. But we're like, no, but I've got to wait till Sunday when Joshua Mills comes. Bring Joshua Mills, right? Uh, sorry, bring to Joshua. I get, but hear what I'm saying. Don't wait for an event. If God is moving, move with him. The whole town got saved. The harvest was there. Why? Because a tired and weary person gave out of his abundance. Hmm. And this happens when? Where was he going? Can't remember where he was going. Hey, where was he going? Galilee. He was heading somewhere. You know, I had this um, some old happy wife, happy life. Yeah, everyone hates that word, but it's true. Um, <laughs> my wife, we got an Apple TV. And uh, like all things Apple, we love you. Breaks after a year or two, right? And so my Apple remote died. And my wife's like, you got to buy another one. I'm like, I'm not spending 90 bucks on a remote. Use our phones. The phones are... I'm like, you know what, Lord? I love my wife. I'm going to go get an Apple remote. With everything in me, did not want to go. I was late to a meeting. I was late to the Apple appointment thing, all this stuff. And I'm running through. I'm running through. Castle Towers running, running, running. And for most of you guys know, I'm a part of GKR Karate, and I'm not promoting them, but ooh, plug. Um, and there was a stand there, a middle of the stand. And through the main sensei, the ladies that were there, and they're like, hey, Sal. Hey, Sal. I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? I've got to go. I'm late. I've got to go somewhere. And I was like, I left them. I go buy my thing. And now I'm late to a meeting. I'm catching up with someone from our church. They're important. I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go. It's all right. I've got to go. It's all right because we're having a crap day anyway. Don't worry. I was like, whoa, what's going on? They, didn't, they should not have said that. And then something came over me. And all of a sudden, they're telling me about all this stuff and with this and this, I want to quit. And for 20 minutes, I was able to bring living water to their weary souls. So much so that as I left, they're not saved. I hardly talked to them. They're influential people. Can I pray for you in the middle of Castle Towers? And they said, okay, yes. So in the middle of Castle Towers, thank you, Jesus, for your peace that comes upon us. And I started to pray and I started to prophesy and declare. And then as I finished, one of them went, what did you? You just do. Wow, we feel so different. I got a text message later on going, whatever you did, it we had the best day. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for releasing the blessing. Guys, on our journey, we cannot be so distracted because those distractions. Now, I don't know the seed I've sown. You don't know the seeds you've sown. On your journey, on the destination, they're not a distraction. She was not a distraction. They're our harvest. The second is on the road to Gaza. The Ethiopian eunuch. Let's go to Acts 8. Acts 8. Mum, thanks for this Bible. Hey, these tabs are awesome. Just flick. Look, they're pretty. Rainbow. Anyway. <laughs> oh, they're colorful. Anyway, hey. Acts 8. Acts 8. Acts 8. Tell me when you got it. Say, got it. All right, read it. Go. Verse 26. Go. 
You lied. You don't have it. <laughs> Acts 8.26. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, iPads are so much quicker. Oh, I'm in Acts 7. Mom, where's 8? All right, here we go. As for Philip, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Cool. First of all, Holy Spirit didn't even tell him what he was doing. He just said, go south. Okay? Sometimes we don't need the full thing. Sometimes God says, do this, and you just go. Because Holy Spirit has a reason, right? So, go south. So he did. He met the treasurer of an Ethiopian, a eunuch of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and now was returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk beside the carriage. So Philip doesn't walk. He ran over. Okay, He's like, God's on this. He ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he asked, do you understand what you were reading? The man replied, how can I when there is no one to instruct me? And he begged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. He begged. The passage of scripture has been reading. And if you continue reading, he, he, he says in verse 34, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So Philip began with the same scripture. And there's many, he used many others to tell him the good news about Jesus. This man gets saved, gets baptized. Guess what he's going to do when he goes back to Ethiopia? He's telling everyone about Jesus because he's a man of great authority. Holy Spirit knew, I need this town saved. This guy's going to be the one to do it, but I'm going to use Philip. You have no idea who is in your life that God is saying, hey, Jess, I want you to speak to that person because that person's going to reach a city. You won't even know about it, but that's what he's going to do. You're going to be on the journey, okay? So Philip was on the destination. The destination wasn't the mission field. If you keep reading, he doesn't even end up going there. Holy Spirit takes him somewhere else. Isn't he funny? Isn't he funny with that? Have you ever been in a situation, though, where you felt the Holy Spirit prompt you? And what do you say? What's the first thing you say? Uh, is that God? Because I do. <laughs> right? Come on. You know, me you're the only one that goes, that was definitely the Holy Spirit all the time. There's so many times where I'm like, nah, that wasn't God. That was me. Nah, that wasn't God. That was the devil. Like, really? Yeah. The devil told you to go pray for someone. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, no. How do I know if it's God or not? That's a great question. How did Philip know if it was the Holy Spirit prompting him or not? Well, it's really good to get to know what the Holy Spirit sounds like. I have four kids. They're all distinct. Their cries are all distinct. My wife and I will lay in bed and we'll hear a kid crying and we'll just wait Five minutes, just go, nah, that's Aria. Nah, it's Josh. Nah, that's Aria. It's Aria. I know her voice better than, and we won't go. We'll just like, let them cry. I'm going to bed, <laughs> right? I spend enough time with them that I know what they sound like. My question to you and I is, if we don't know if it's us, me, the Holy Spirit, we need to, we ask, ask the question, how well do I know the voice of God? And you might say, yeah, but God wants to oh, uh, 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 speak to me audibly. You know what Hebrews tells me? Hebrews tells me this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in the last days, say the last days. Last days, like we're in the last days. Say the last days. This is how he's speaking. He's spoken us by his son who appointed heir of all things through him who also made the universe. The son. You know, the Bible tells me that the word was God, the word was God, and the word was God, and it came in you in flesh, and it's Jesus. So you want to know what God sounds like, you need to read what he sounds like. 
Otherwise, you're always going, is that Holy Spirit? Is that me? Is that Holy Spirit? Is that me? What does he say in the Bible? And it's a, you know, if I don't hear my daughter's voice for a while, give it a couple of years, I forget what it sounds like. Some of us, we haven't read this for such a long time, we forget what it sounds like. We're going to get back into this thing so we know what Holy Spirit sounds like again. So when he speaks, we can go back on that mission field. Be equipped. Amen. <sighs> to hear God's voice, we must belong to God. John 10, 27. My sheep, Jesus, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They listen to his voice. I know it's a hard message. Love me. This is what good shepherds do. Do you listen to his voice? (sighs) If we don't, that's okay. We can turn back and I want to listen to you again, Lord. I belong to you. When we hear his voice, when we spend time in his written word, the more time spent intimately with God becomes easier to recognize his voice and his leading in our lives. Yep. And then what happens? Oh, we told you what happens, so that's cool. All right, we'll keep going. And then know what the word says, right? Because what did Peter do? Philip do? Philip said, so Philip began with the same scripture and then used many others to tell him about Jesus. Sometimes we need to know what the Bible says so when we speak to someone, we know what to say. Amen? Amen? You know, you know it's crazy. Um, the eunuch wanted to know. You've got to understand. He, he, he was hungry. He was like, I, I don't know. Someone teach me. Someone teach me. How many people in our world go, I just want to know. I just want to know. But no one's wanting to teach me. There's hungry people. I just got solar panels done in my house. I don't know if it works yet. I'll let you know in three months if it works. Okay? I think it does. Made $5 so far. And um, we're rich. <laughs> We've got to tithe on that. <laughs> it's a joke. No, I will. I will. I'm just, Leo just gave me that look. And I'm doing solar panels. I'm preparing. Had a horrible week. It's been a really rough week, just FYI. You don't have to know about it, but all you need to know is this doesn't come from a place of, oh, he's just always. No, this comes from a place of always being on with Jesus despite the week. But anyway, this particular day I had worship music playing because I'm writing a message. Guy comes in, goes, hey, man, can I get your help? Cool. Um, bit buff looking to me. But he did say, hey, you must train to work out. I was like, yeah, I do. I'm, yeah. It's really good. He goes, can you lift these panels up? I was like, yeah, I can lift these massive panels up to the roof. Lord, give me the strength of Samson right now. Um, and walk outside and he goes, hey, are you a Christian? Oh my gosh, am I a Christian? How do you know I'm a Christian? He goes, I heard your music. It said God and stuff. Yeah. I noticed your tattoo. It says Isaiah. Unless you have a kid called Isaiah. So I don't have a kid called Isaiah. He goes, I don't go to church anymore. I'm trying to. And all of a sudden, he just starts opening up. I'm like, dude, I'm paying you to fix my solar panels. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 20 minutes, I get to share the gospel. I get to share about the fruits of the Spirit. I get to share about Jesus in such a way where then this guy won't get back to work. He just wants to engage. He was just waiting for someone just to speak to him about Jesus. There are people on on the journey, on our roads, hungry, 
for God. They're not even lost. They're not, sorry, they're not, they're not just, just the Samaritans. They're people who have just walked away, who just need you to come back into their world and bring Jesus. Amen. And the third thing is this, on the way to the temple. So on the way to the temple, we see Peter and John in Acts 3, 1 to 10. And on the way, on the, on, on the, way, on the journey, this beggar, he's asking for money. And, and it was a custom tradition for Jewish people to give alms. So this guy knew exactly what he was doing. But this is the first time someone said money, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. On the journey, something happened that took place in Peter's life that was never there before. And I want to show you what it is. All right, walk with me with this, okay? Where is it? Okay, I know. I need to say this part, okay? So the lame man simply wanted to be supported. That's all he was looking for. There are people in your world who want to be supported. You want to be supported in life. We all want support, okay? We want to be supported in the condition that he was in. But God had a better plan. Jesus wanted to completely change his condition. For some of us, we're okay to come in and people are like, just support, just comfort this. I don't want to comfort this. I want to change this. I want a healing. I want to bring a resurrection. I want a good word. I want a life-transformed heart. God wants to not fix your situation, but He wants to completely change your condition. He wants to do it in us first so we can do it in other people. Amen? You hear what this message is about? This is about people on fire for God being normal people on the way. Okay? So then what happens? Peter does something he's never done before. He gives him healing. So what's the difference between Peter to when he denied, and today, filled. Everybody say filled. Filled. So this is before Holy Spirit, Luke 22, 56 to 57. Then a servant girl, just picture that, a servant girl. Back in those times, a servant girl had no rule authority. That's biblical times, okay? It's not me, biblical times. As he sat in the light, said to him, this man was also with him, and he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. And he runs off scared, scared. And then after being filled, then in Acts 4, 5 to 8, the next day is the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. And Ananias, the high priest was there, and all these others, okay? Big name people. And then what happens here? Then they, they, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By power, do uh, what name do you do this? Before Holy Spirit, servant girl, you know him. I do not know him. Denies. After being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says this. By the, well, it says this. Peter, filled. Everybody say filled. With the Holy Spirit said to them, um, when they saw, and, and he spoke Jesus. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled. They were ordinary men. And they were astonished. And they took note of this man because they had been with. Jesus. They had been with. Jesus. Now, you know what? Judas was also with Jesus. What's the difference? You can be with someone or you can be with someone. Like, a lot, like okay, this is weird, right? But before my marriage, I was with, I was, I've been with my wife. Block your ears, everyone under 18. After marriage, I've been with my wife. <laughs> There's a different level of intimacy that happens when you are close to someone, so much so that you'll change forever. 
don't snigger, babe. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. Before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter was filled with fear. After the baptism, he was filled with boldness. Now, here's the deal. Who got bap- who, who's been saved and, and baptized in the Holy Spirit? Happened probably over five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Okay, cool. And we think that's it. And we think that's it. And we think that's all I need. But you know what Scripture tells me in Acts 4? Acts 4 says this, right? They were released from prison because of what's going on. They're released from prison. And it says here, um, they were released. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And then they heard it and they lifted up to God and they prayed. And then they said, they said this. Mm, where is it? And they prayed. Uh, here we go. Verse 29. Now, now, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hands to heal and signs and wonders and perform through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they gathered was shaken. And they were all, say it with me, filled. Say it with me. With the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the Word of God with boldness. Okay? Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave him spirit of wisdom to go out and preach. Okay? Unschooled, ordinary man. You don't need to go to Bible college. All that school, the soup's great. You don't need it. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, boldness is not a personality type. It doesn't mean loud. It doesn't mean extrovert. It doesn't mean you change your personality. Boldness means a spiritual power from God into your ordinary life and you become like Jesus, bold to do the things that God's called you to do. That's all it means. And this is what it looks like. You can't do anything without the fire of God. You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit eradicating your heart today. You don't need to be filled yesterday. He came back and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as he was filled, he was boldness to preach. He won't come. We're going to do an altar call. We're all getting filled. We're all getting baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to go, God, give me boldness. Boldness doesn't come when you come and ask for it. Boldness comes as we walk in that. The boldness comes when someone says, what did you do on Sunday? Boom. I went to church. You know what? In my karate place, I'm so thankful that I'm in that place. If you're watching, guys, I love you. I went there for my first time in 10 years being in a world that's unsafe. Because I'm a pastor here, right? Being the light, being filled, being who I am. I've been able to preach Jesus. I've been able to get people, um, you know, talking about God. And I was talking about Jesus with five sensei before karate. This guy walked past and goes, Jesus in the dojo. I'm like, I know, Jesus in a karate dojo. What the heck, right? And we're all talking about church. Had these two people um, who, who go to church, are very shy, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I feel like I can talk about it. Yeah, we can. You know what? Jesus is after people. We've got living water in us wanting to go out of us. We've got the best kept secret in the world, and we contained it in the four walls. Advancing the kingdom looks like being normal people in a normal world with supernatural power to bring healing and wholeness everywhere we go, wholeness. God wants to pour into your life. Band can come up. Look at that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for pouring in. I'm just going to keep it and take it. That's for you. That ain't touching nobody. Do you see the water interacting with anyone else? Anything else? It's more than enough for you, isn't it? 
I can show you a hundred scriptures right now about abundance, about overflow. You prepare a table before in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup. My cup. My cup. My cup. My cup. My cup. Now what's it touching? The stage, the carpet. I'm so fired, aren't I? (laughs) The pulpit. The water is in you. The overflow is for everyone else. How selfish am I to allow the Holy Spirit only to fill me so I can contain it within me when the water needs to go from me to everyone around me. You know, the people's lives that are impacted when I just walk out in obedience to Him and not because of the week I've had, but because of the God He is in me. I've got people in, in outside the church praying for me. They're not even saved and they're praying for me. How the heck did that happen? That. Clever words? No. Holy Spirit, just boom. What do I do? Shine my light. Boom. Do I say weird? No. Did I get up on the platform and preach? No. Just brought what I was in, what's in me, out of me. Loving people. Loving lost people where they're at. Not judging people, but loving people like the Samaritan. Loving. Bringing conviction when the Holy Spirit wants to bring conviction. Let's go for it. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.